1: And we welcome you into the Handycast for Wednesday, February the 15th. Thank you for making us a part of your day. We are brought to you by Supreme Rice and supremerice.com with the Mardi Gras holiday coming up. You might be in for a party, maybe a parade route party. If you're cooking with supreme rice, you're doing the right thing. You're going to get a delicious product. You're going to stretch your food dollar and the many different ways, many different dishes that you can get with the brown, the long grain, the medium grain, or the jasmine rice makes supreme rice a perfect complement to any meal. You'll be supporting our Louisiana farmers down in southwest Louisiana near Crowley since the 1930s, and you'll Be uh, easily able to get supreme rice at all your AG food stores, all your Walmarts and Walmart neighborhood stores, plus uh, your Rouse's. So make it supreme rice. For more information, some unique recipes, go to supremerice.com. A couple days away from the start of... uh, Southeast, well, from the start of college baseball season, I should say, uh, a few weeks away from SEC baseball. But the SEC has put in some rules, and I want to talk about them here because these are things that uh, are, are going to be uh, staples for college baseball all season, and LSU will start conforming to these as the season starts, even before SEC baseball play. So let's give a, a little bit of a an intro to this, which is that, for a long time they have been trying to speed up the game and whether it be pitch clocks or um, runners uh, ghost runners in extra innings or you know time between innings just anything you can force a strike zone is my favorite one but you you've had a lot of different ideas about how to speed up baseball games and in Major League Baseball, you're going to see some pretty significant rule changes this year as well. But uh, we're going to focus here today on on college baseball, what we like and what we don't like. First of all, a lot of this stuff is built in and at the discretion of the umpire in previous years. For instance, the umpire has always had the option to tell the pitcher to get back on the rubber, tell a batter to get back in the box, tell the coach, to go back to the dugout because his mound visit is over. Uh, tell teams to get on the field in a timely manner between innings. All of those things uh, have, you know, tell a, a relief pitcher to, you know, uh, get on the mound and, and start your warm up. So a lot of these things uh, that you're going to see now on an official clock have always sort of been on an implied clock. But from umpire to umpire, the enforcement of that would vary. So, 're taking uh, they're taking that to the next step to ensure that the the pitch clocks have worked pretty good because once players are aware of it they adjust to it. The first pitch clocks were put in place uh, some gosh I want to say somewhere in the area 15, 18 years ago and they hung up a, a pitch clock on the outfield wall and in the times that i was doing games never once did a pitcher get called for a ball because he didn't throw a pitch on time. they adjusted to it last year uh you know with the rules there was i think one time where an lsu batter was called for being outside the batter's box and it was uh i think it was brayden jobert and it ended up costing the tigers a real threat but Again, these implied clocks have been around for a long time. So let's take a look at the new rules uh, for SEC baseball. First of all, a between-batters clock. This is 30 seconds between hitters. This is at the end of the play. In other words, once the umpire calls a batter safe or calls a batter out, you got 30 seconds uh, to be ready to go. The first pitch of the at-bat for the 30-second clock expires. I like this rule. Uh, I, I, some of these I like, some of them I don't. This one I like because that's more than enough time. And my enjoyment of the game of baseball does not increase one bit by watching a batter adjust his gloves every single at bat uh, and, and every single swing, if you will, does not uh, increase by watching him take extra practice swings, does not increase by having him stroll into the batter's box rather than get there in a timely manner. And from the baseball people I've talked to, 30 seconds is plenty. So I like this. This is not something that is going to change uh, a rule of the game. It's not going to change the outcome of a game. It's just going to say, quit lollygagging is a Bull Durham term. Get in the box. 30 seconds is enough. There's going to be a mound visit clock. 30 seconds uh, for a mound visit begins when the coach exits the dugout. I I mostly like this with a, a couple of uh, a couple of exceptions. Number 1 30 seconds from the dugout to the mound, you better be on the hop, okay? Uh, if you want to have any chance to talk to your pitcher, you better get out there in a hurry. So if you're kind of sauntering out to the mound to give a relief pitcher a little bit more time. Well, just be un, just be cognizant of the fact that you might need to get relievers up earlier than you normally would because you're not going to have as much time to stall. This is a strategy that's as old as baseball itself um, where you're out there and you're talking about candlesticks making a nice gift, just to give the pitcher in the bullpen enough time. This is putting pitcher, pitching coaches and managers on alert. Hey, listen, you're not going to have time to stall. You better have your guy up a little bit earlier. So it does affect strategy a little bit as far as warming guys up. Now, where you lose me just a little bit, and they may have to be a little bit uh, lenient on this thing, is how fields are laid out. It's a longer walk to the mound some places than others. And the first thing that came to my mind when I saw this rule was at Charles Schwab Park, you know, formerly TD Ameritrade Park. The mound to the dugout is a hike. I mean, there's a lot of foul territory there. It's a a pitcher's park. And to get out to the mound, even if you're on the hop, uh, is probably an eight to ten second, uh, eight to ten second walk. I, re- I can remember Alan Dunn going on a jog out there, uh, because he was trying to hurry things along on LSU's first trip to Omaha in the new park. So, place like Alec Box, there's not very much foul territory compared to some other parks. So, I think it it'll be something that they adjust to. West Johnson, the pitching coach, uh, is, is going to have to adjust to, but. By and large, 30 seconds worth of talk time uh, would be enough. I would have said just start the clock once he gets to the mound. But that kind of eliminates the purpose of the rule, which is to eliminate the slow walk. So pitching coaches, you're going to have to be more cognizant of the fact that you're going to have to get guys up early because you're not going to be able to stall. So mostly like it. With, you know, a, a, few little variety, a, a few little exceptions there, like, you know, when you're in Omaha and, look, I'm not going out there to stall. It's a really important part of the game. You got, you know, two on and two out, and we're in the seventh inning of a tie game in the College World Series. I'd like to see them be at least a little bit lenient in these situations. But I understand why the rule is. You didn't get a pitcher up in time. Now you're just, uh, now you're just stalling. Uh, the pitching change clock is two minutes and thirty seconds from when the pitcher uh, comes over the warning track and uh, gets to the mound to to start his uh, to start his warm-ups you got two minutes and thirty seconds. Again, this is to eliminate guys taking a good sweet time coming in from the bullpen. Yeah, it's it's on the hop. Again, this does not change the rules of the game or the strategy of the game it's not like uh, you know putting a ghost runner on in extra innings that drastically changes the strategy of the game this is just hurry up this is just quit walking so slow quit looking for your girlfriend in the stands quit waving to your parents there'll be time to do all that when the game is over this just means get in and again baseball people that i've talked to two minutes and 30 seconds is enough time this would be different than if they um restricted the number of pitches you could actually throw. There's been some talk about that. Well, do they really need to throw as many pitches as they do when they come in the game if they've been warming up in the bullpen? Here's your two minutes and 30 seconds. That's enough time to take the pitches you're allotted and and get on down the road. So I'm fine uh, with the pitching change clock. Uh, the 10-run rule. This is 10 after 7. I'm not as wild about this one as... Um, Although I, I expect it's going to affect very few games. I think this would have affected uh, maybe two LSU games last year. So this affects maybe one or two uh, games a year, probably not many more than that. Again, we're talking about SEC play here. It may be a factor. It's always been something in midweek games where the two teams are like, listen, uh, we're going to put the run rule in for tonight because we're trying to get ready for a weekend series in conference. So if this gets out of hand, we're going home early. And, you know, there's very minimal, I think, benefit to playing out a 17-2 game uh, in the eighth inning on a Wednesday night when you got an SEC series that starts two days later. So this has always been in place for the midweek games it probably came into play more often than it ever will in SEC games because not that many SEC games get this far out of hand. So, again, I think this is once or twice a year. But I'm not wild about the rule because whereas a 17-2 to inning against an in-state school in the middle of the week is not going to do you much good, I would like to see these players get as many SEC innings as they can. So even if this is a 12-2 a to two game after seven innings and I can get a young player in there to pitch in an SEC ballpark, uh, you know, especially on the road for, for the first time or, you know, one of the few times he's going to get in there this year, uh, I would like to see that. So it's a small, uh, I think, you know, uh, it's a small consideration to make. On something that's not going to happen all that often, but I'm fine with it. Here's what I do like. Inclement weather. If inclement weather delays the final game of a conference series and the team doesn't have classes the next day, then the curfew policies are waived and the game can start uh, no later than 10 o'clock local time or resume after midnight. Uh, One of the things I've always hated is a curfew on sundays this is a cost-cutting thing i get it and it happens a lot less than it used to Uh, there's more teams flying uh, charter now and you know less teams that have got to go get a commercial flight but i always hated you know hey we're we're 10 minutes from the end of the inning and this game will end and nothing is worse than a tie in baseball so i'm glad we're going to be eliminating some of those and i'm really uh, happy because a lot of the Thursday games, uh, as I understand it, you know you don't have if your final game is on a Saturday, you don't have classes on a Sunday. You're good to go here. So that's going to affect at least one or two series every single week in the conference where you're going to have an extra day to to get this done. I want all the games to finish uh, if they possibly can. So this is giving them a little bit of leeway. We've eliminated a lot of the curfew games here in the past. And now, uh, again, with charter flights and, you know, you're moving starts up early and things like that. But sometimes you're locked into a, a game time because of television. Well, this is going to give you more options to get all the games finished. So uh, I'm I'm very much for that one. Speeding the game up. Well, one of the things we'll be watching new here in the 2023 season for Wednesday, February the 15th, just two days before the baseball season starts, it's been the Handicast.